Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love, where talking about sex goes beyond the taboo and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. Today's podcast is Asexuality, and I'm excited that I have a guest that I look found on TikTok. Um, today is Cody Daigle Oriens, an asexual writer and educator living in Hartford, Connecticut. He's a member of the ACE and Arrow Advocacy Project, a Washington, D.C.-based organization providing resources on asexuality and romanticism to the public. And he's the creator of ACE Dad Advice, an online project that aims to help young people and those questioning their sexuality find the courage and confidence to live their best ACE life. Welcome, Cody. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. We were saying this before. I should have left it for the podcast. I'm going to say it again. You know, I when I started watching you, you were like new to it and you had just talked about you just or just discovered this about yourself. And then I started watching and all your TikTok videos are just so educational and so professional. I'm like, what happened? This guy woke up one day and realized he's an asexual. And then now he's able to, you know, do this. It's, it, but now we learned that you're an educator, right? Talk yeah. Yeah. I spent about 15 years in the classroom as a teacher. Uh, I taught theater, which is very different from what I'm doing now, but I get to use those skills again, which is awesome. That's awesome. You're very, I, I, mean, I love when your stuff comes up because I, I learned myself and, you know, therapists are all up in the air about what, because it's changing so much, it seems, right? There's all these new terms and titles about asexuality. Yeah. Yeah, well, asexuality is and it's a relatively I mean, asexuality has existed for as long as people have existed. But um, in terms of it being sort of a an organized online community, that's relatively new. Mm. Uh, the Asexual Visibility and Education Network only began in 2000, uh, 2001, I think. So it's it, all of the language of asexuality as we understand it now is, is still relatively new and a product of, of online digital space. So why don't you define for the listeners who don't know, what is asexuality anyways? Sure. So asexuality is a sexual orientation uh, that describes people who do not or rarely experience sexual attraction. Hmm. That's the whole shebang. Uh, it seems like a really simple definition, but it really encompasses uh, a really wide spectrum of experiences that people have with sexual attraction. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people understand asexuality in sort of that stereotypical way that it just means asexuality is not having sex. Asexuality is not having relationships. But uh, it really is, isn't those things. It's just about not or only rarely experiencing sexual attraction. That's helpful for people to hear because they always think, well, it's somebody that doesn't have any desire, any sexual, um, you know, interest, but that's not true. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, in sort of the larger culture for most people, uh, all of our attractions uh, kind of work together, like sexual attraction ties with romantic attraction and other kinds of attraction. They all work in tandem and in the same direction. Mm -hmm. uh, but in reality, all of those different attractions work independently. So you can experience one kind uh, like I mean, I, I, uh, I romantic attraction is one that I do experience. I, mm -hmm. I am romantically attracted to people. I have romantic relationships with them, but I don't experience sexual attraction. Those two mm -hmm. things don't work together for me. Um, and for asexual people, it's just not experiencing that one part of the wide spectrum of uh, attractions that people can experience. As a therapist, it's really made me rethink. I used to, um, up until a few years ago, even if a couple would come in and they were not having sex and the one partner who wanted to have sex would say, well, you're masturbating all the time and you have your own sex life going on. And I would say, well, then they would say, well, I don't have much desire to be, you know, sexual with you. It's not personal. And I would say, but you do have desire because you're being, you're, you're masturbating. You have a whole sex life with yourself. So then it must be something about the relationship. And I don't say that so much anymore because they could be asexual. 
Well, you know, that's yeah. And that, that, that separation between uh, sexual attraction and libido uh, was really like important for me because I didn't, I've, I've only came out as a sexual as a sexual uh, three years ago when I was 42 for the, mo- for the majority of my life. I identified as gay because that was just the language that I had. Mm. Um, and for me, that made sense because, um, you know, like I, I do have sex with my partners and I do experience like I do have that side of my life, too, even though I don't experience sexual attraction. For me, the analogy that works the best uh, is like thinking about sexual attraction in, in, a, in hunger terms, like sexual attraction is. I'm hungry for pizza. It's got real direction. Like there's a kind of thing that you want and you want it regularly. Whereas like libido or sex drive, which even asexual people have, that's just like, I'm just generally hungry. I feel like I could eat something if I wanted. Like it's that kind of general non-directional desire. Um, And you can not experience sexual attraction, but still want to have sex with your partner or want to masturbate or still have that, that desire to just sort of generally experience sexual pleasure of some kind. This um, is yeah. really good. I, I saw your TikTok on this too. You said exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. I loved yeah. it. And it really fits in with, you know, my stuff is about straight men who have sex with men. It's not mm-hmm. about sexual attraction for them. It's about the sexual, it's like fits right in with it. And they're not asexual, maybe some are, but that's not what it's about. It's the separation of the two. Yeah, well, actually, really, uh, your your videos about that. My husband and I talk about about we've had big conversations about that, and I was like, no, like asexuality has taught me this is absolutely right. You can divide those things. You can yes. have like, you know want your romantic attraction or your or even just your sexual attraction can be one way, but there are many reasons why somebody would want to have sex uh, that isn't connected to sexual attraction. Right? It, it could be I just feels good. I want to I want to express something else. I want to like engage in some sort of uh, specific power dynamic that that is attractive or appealing to me yeah right no totally so all right so then talk about then people say okay so then there's asexual but then there's gray sexual and then people are like what does that mean yeah, so gray sexual folks exist. Um, if you think about asexuality as a, like most human things, it's a spectrum of experience. Uh, asexual folks don't experience uh, sexual attraction ever. Uh, I fall into that category. Gray sexual folks uh, will sometimes experience it. It may be uh, very rare that they will experience sexual attraction. Maybe there are certain conditions that need to be met in order for them to experience it. But uh, they that still falls under the spectrum so they mostly experience life asexually i guess you could say mm-hmm. but will sometimes experience sexual attraction demisexual folks fall in this area too uh so for demisexual folks uh sexual attraction only happens if they create a bond with someone so for for demi folks they're mostly asexual until some kind of really important bond is created with someone and then sexual attraction is a thing that they experience that's so helpful and now there's something new called ace flux what's that yeah so that's uh for people who who move around on the spectrum so they will experience different basically it's like experiencing different orientations they may mostly be asexual but they may go through periods of time of feeling demisexual or even allosexual which is the the umbrella term for people uh, who experience sexual attraction i learned that Uh, from you by the way i can't can't believe i didn't know that but i learned that i had to look it up and listen to you over and over again go ahead i Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, for, for, for people who are who who move through those different orientations at different sort of phases in their lives, that's uh, ace flux. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful because that's like new, and I get interviewed mm. for it. I had to look it up and, and and really try to understand it. And you're explaining it so well. And also, I was thinking, you know, uh, Kinsey identified asexuality, 
but it was mm-hmm. never talked about until now, until these few years. That's how long ago. And that was the 40s. Did you know that? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and he was, they were just X. We were just, uh, right. Yeah. I'm not sure. We were just X. Yeah. And there were even some, some, I believe like were, they were German researchers in the late 1800s that, that were, that were identifying something that was sort of like asexual, it was more like non-sexual. They were just identifying that there were people who existed who did not engage in sex or, or like at all. And that was like late 18, I think 1890s or so. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I just think people should know that. I teach yeah. the therapist. Um, now, what about now? You, I don't know if you what you think about all this, but as therapists, we have to think about: Does this person have low desire? Is it a medication issue? Is it hormone pit levels? Is it trauma, childhood trauma? Um, sometimes people have um, gender identity issues or sexual identity issues, so they've repressed or suppressed their their attractions. How do you? I don't even know if you can explain this, but how do you know you're asexual and, and rule those things out? Yeah, like that's I like I get that for ace dad advice. So I get that question all the time. Yeah. And um, I think for generally, and I think for all identity questions, I, I think it, it becomes like what the person feels most connected to. I always talk about um, the language of asexuality and that the labels are are they're tools, not tests. So mm, you know, that. That, wait, wait, say yeah. it again. I love, love, love that. Say it again. Yeah, labels are tools, not tests. Mm. So. The language of it, like calling yourself asexual, is not some sort of like checklist you have to hit where there's a definition and you have to meet every single part of that definition in this particular way in order to claim that. It's a tool. If if asexual as an identity helps you describe your experience and it helps you connect to other people in the world who share that experience, then I think it's okay to to call yourself asexual, even if some of the details maybe aren't right or different from other people. Yeah. Um, because like that, the lab- that's what the label's for. The label's to help you build community and describe your experience in the world. Like what you're um, saying, a sense of belonging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I find that the community, that community piece is like the most important. If, if you, the, the accumulation of your experiences sort of leads you to use asexual as a term because it helps you find other people that share how you move through the world and that gives you some sense of belonging and some sense of uh, self, then by all means use it. Uh, even if your experience is slightly different from the person next to you. Do you see, um, what, what are your thoughts about the correlation between asexuality and people on the autism spectrum? I know that there, I know that there's like, there's a lot of talk about that. And I like, I, I, I know that there are a lot of people who are in the asexual community who identify as autistic as well. And like, though there are a lot of connections there, I don't necessarily think there are any like specific connections, be like autism is a cause of mm-hmm. asexuality or, or it's more likely. Um, it may just be that, uh, that in general, people who are, are on the autistic spectrum may feel more comfortable self-identifying or, um, or like I, and identifying publicly that way. Yeah. Um, I, I think there are a lot more asexual people in general across the board than, uh, than are visible. I think because yeah. information about asexuality is limited. There are a lot, there's a lot of stigma about being asexual in the world, uh, particularly like if you are a male or are you in a, or in queer circles, like there's a lot of stigma there. So yeah. um, I certainly think that, that there, I don't think there's like necessary 
correlation between the two, but we certainly do see a lot of people who are on the, the autistic spectrum also identifying as asexual. And I see the shame in my office. While I don't only see LGBT people, I do see a high amount of gay men. And I've had many who come in and say, I feel so fucked up really that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gay men are fucking gay men are hooking up and all this. And I have a nine year partner, 10 year partner, whatever. And we haven't had sex. And, um, I feel like something's wrong with me when they're simply asexual and nothing's wrong with them. But the shame is cultural. Yeah. I mean, and like I lived that experience really my whole adult life. And mm -hmm. when I came out, I came out as a, at 18 and I, I, I came out as gay because that was just the language that I had access to, and it most accurately described how I was moving through the world. But I knew that I didn't relate to sex the same way as every other gay man that I was encountering, all the guys I was dating or guys I was friends with. Um, and I, I just assumed that I was like a broken gay person, that mm. there was something wrong with me. There was, I just like, I was a, I was a crappy lover or I was missing something. And I just, there was things I didn't understand or didn't know how to do. 20 years later, I come across asexuality and I go, Oh, well, okay. That's, that's what's actually going mm -hmm. on. It, it, I'm not broken. This, I just move through the world differently. Um, and yeah, that was like, like, huge, like wonderful, like galaxy brain sort of moment to sort Love of recognize. It. But I, it's certainly go moving through gay male, gay male circles where sex is so incredibly important and, and, um, and not in any sort of morally judging way, but it's, it's prioritized. Um, asexuality is not something that really comes up with in, in gay male circles very no. much or as no. a, or even seen as like a valid thing or no. something that one could be, um, no, you know, I um, created this term side for gay men that don't like penetration. Don't, mm. I'm, I'm a side. And like, people are like, wait, so then you don't have sex? Like, like, <laughs> penetrate, you know, so then I, I felt broken forever. And then one day I woke up and I'm like, fuck it, I'm not broken. I just don't like it. Penetrative sex. That's all this is. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. And like, same, same. That, that's, that's very been like the, the, the experience of asexuality. And then what's interesting to me is like in the last three years coming out as asexual, and especially in this last chunk of time where I am now like a public asexual, yeah, where I'm you talking are. about it all the time. Um, it's actually changed, really changed the way I exist in relationships. Um, uh, you know, my, my relationship with my husband is different now. Uh, we are polyamorous, so I have another partner and, like our relationships are are so much better than any relationship I had before mm. I came out as ace. And why why is that? I think I'm coming into relationships now as my full authentic self, and that is transformative yeah. for a relationship. You know, when you really when I, I'm I'm coming to each person that I'm in in partnership with, um, knowing my full self, being able to share with them what that is and talk about what my boundaries are and talk about what my my deal breakers and the things I really want to do are. Uh, I can show up for them in a more full way, which I want to go really. back. I love it. That's and I feel the same way about things about myself. What about um you keep going back between gay and asexual. So you mm. identify as asexual. How would somebody know you're gay or are you both? Like, mm. how do you do that? Well, now I, I identify mostly I, so I identify as asexual and I generally like to use homo romantic as the, to sort of define, because I, I am romantically attracted to men. That's how I kind of move through the world. And as a, as a, because a lot of times, um, when I'm meeting someone, I'm trying to explain my identity. Homo romantic asexual requires then like a PowerPoint explanation with the, with the person, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll uh, queer is generally what I use on the regular uh, because yeah. I feel like that 
people can make enough assumptions that are correct. If I use queer that, that then we're good. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't really use gay anymore because I don't feel like that totally fits who I am necessarily, but, what, but queer, um, I, it, I don't know. It feels like it's a word that doesn't, I never felt like I fit into, to the gay community. Um, and I, so it, it, it never was like a comfortable coat necessarily yeah. to wear. Right. And now that I have, now that I have like a sexual as a, as a language and queer as a language, those things feel more defining of me mm. than, than gay does. Even though, even though like all my, my partners are all gay men. Um, I'm a, I'm a visitor, I guess, in the community. <laughs> okay. Okay. I get it. That makes sense. And I yeah. like that. It's so nuanced, right? That people need to hear that yeah. things are nuanced. They are. You just have to know what, what the nuances are. Yeah. And you know, like if, if you dig into asexuality at all, there's, there's a, there's literally an entire language to it there. You have all the, the basic language, but there's a ton of micro labels that dig really specifically into, into how people are experiencing sex or sexual mm. attraction and what they're, they're interested in. And I love that because I think, um, I think it's empowering to a person to find words that empower you to be your full self. Even if, you know, someone else doesn't get it. If, if someone else doesn't quite understand why I use the words I use for me, I know why I do. And they feel right to me. Um, and it, it, the, that label is a tool again, you know, yeah, it, totally. it, whatever word helps me be the best version of me is yep. the, is the one that I should be empowered to use. Now you brought up polyamory. So could you talk mm -hmm. about how can you be asexual and polyamory being having an open relationship, multiple partners? How does that work? So for, for me, it works great for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. So my husband and I have been married for seven years, uh, and we've been we've been polyamorous for most of our for most of our marriage. So we we are open to having connections with other people. For, the way polyamory works for us, we're open to any kind of connection. It can be romantic connections, it can be just sexual connections, uh, whatever we can explore those things. Um, and in our life right now, there are um, we call it uh, we call it our constellation right now. Um, so my husband and I have been married for seven years. Um, I have a partner Scott who I've been with for for a while now, and um, my husband Neil has a partner Dan who he's been. It's a new relationship for him. But uh, we all, we all are friends with each other. We all, there's a group text that we all participate in. Like we, we consider ourselves all connected to each other and supportive of each other and the various relationships that are inside it. Uh, and it works kind of wonderfully for us. They, oh, I was going to say, why do you call it constellation and not a polycule? Um, Scott's an astrophysicist. So we thought it was cute. <laughs> It is cute then. And yeah, and there's something about like, like constellation, I, uh, polycule feels very, um, uh, I don't know, like scientific, I guess, but it I guess it's like sort a of like constellation. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something nice about it. And um, I, I like, I like it as a word because it sort of describes the, the varying connections that we have with each other. Um, uh, and like the lines that you might draw between us. And uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's a, it's a lovely foursome to be a part of. That's awesome. So before we end, I want, I hear that you're writing a book and I'd like to know if you'd want to talk about it and what's it on. And I mean, obviously it might be on asexuality, but talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, based on the work I've been doing online, uh, with ACE dad advice, I was asked by a publisher to create a book version of it. So I'm making an ACE dad advice book, which will be uh, aimed at 
primarily young adult audiences, so high school and a little older audiences, uh, to sort of help them answer questions about asexuality. So for a young person who is questioning their sexual identity, thinks they may be asexual, this book will exist in the world to sort of help them navigate that space. And uh, currently, there's no other book like it. So um, no, uh, I'm really excited about about getting it out into the world. Oh, that's really, really awesome. Congratulations. That's a, that's nice that somebody found you on TikTok, right? And that's yeah, how- that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now you call yourself, uh, what is it? Dad advice? Ace dad advice. Ace yeah. Dad advice. Do, is daddy uh, another identity for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I certainly, I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm a, yeah, I'm I know a, you're a with a silver beard and tattoos. Like, yeah, that, and <laughs> I fall into that role too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but this is the most wholesome version of that for me. Ace right, Dad right, is the most course, wholesome right. version, of course. <laughs> what else would you want uh, everyone to hear that I didn't get to that um, before we end that is important to hear? Uh, but, like because asexuality isn't known very much, I think it's just really important for people to know that uh, asexuality isn't isn't a broken version of something. Uh, asexual people aren't missing something. We aren't lacking something. Asexuality is just another way for someone to exist in the world and relate to other people. Mm. Uh, so when when you encounter someone who's asexual, you know, don't don't think about what they what they don't experience or what they're missing. Just kind of, a, you know, learn what you can about their experience and how they're seeing the world. Uh, it is a full and whole experience in and of itself. Cody, thank you so much. I knew I, I, I was so happy when you said yes. I knew you'd be great on this uh, podcast and I was so excited when you said yes. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. I was delighted to do it. It's been really fun. Oh, good. So um, I just want to thank all my listeners too, that you can hear uh, more of my podcast at smartsexsmartlove.com. And also you can follow me on Twitter, on TikTok too, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my handle's at Dr. Joe Court. And you can go to my website, Dr. Joe Court. I'm sorry, JoeCourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T. Um, I hope you enjoyed this and that you'll listen to more and stay safe and stay healthy, everyone.